Hello and welcome to Uncultured 20s. My name is Leanne. And my name is Julia. And this podcast is going to be a journey of us culturally educating ourselves in what some may consider classic in pop culture or even a cult classic in the way that we wish our formal education did. How annoying is it when your friend goes, you've never seen that? and is constantly making references to things that you have no idea about. That's me, guilty as charged. I am that friend, the annoying one. (laughs) (laughs) In this podcast, we will be introducing each other to formative media and deep diving into new ones as well, so that never has to happen again. Films like Pulp Fiction, Black Swan, or albums like OK Computer and Electric Ladyland. We might even get to books or really anything. That's culturally significant. Anyway. <laughs> We're always open to suggestions as well, so keep up with us at Uncultured20s on Instagram. That's Uncultured T-W-E-N-T-I-E-S and on TikTok. We're also on Letterboxd, Uncultured20s20s. Our first episode, you know, like the one you're listening to right now, <laughs> our very first official episode is Miyazaki's 1986 film Castle in the Sky. Uncultured 20. So just so you know who's the face, the lovely face behind this podcast, um, it's actually Julia who has the lovely face on me. (laughs) (laughs) So my name is Leanne. I met Julia in first year of university, which was a big old whopping six years ago, I think now. I know, not to age us, (laughs) but um, we're both percussionists um, and I don't know. We've just been talking about movies for a long time, and I think I've given Julia probably, you know, a decade's worth of media to catch up on, and (laughs) I know she's still catching up on it, that's for sure. Her imaginary list is not exactly um, physical, so... Hey, it's coming, it's coming along, I'm trying to catch up on everything, Leanne definitely is that friend who in the middle of a conversation just goes, oh, have you seen this movie or have you seen this? And I feel like I always am saying no. I'm a little bit uneducated in this, uh, <laughs> on this side of things. So I am really excited to be getting into more movies and more media and things that I, that have been on the list for a long time. And so now we're getting through the list. Yeah. I'm so excited to start this project. And honestly, I know I, I'm always like, you've never seen it. You have to watch that. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff that I haven't seen either. Like, I haven't seen a lot of, like, really classic um, yeah. movies. You know, I think because, especially growing up when people would watch that, you know, like, from 10 to 15, I had this really big individuality complex where I'm like, I don't want to watch that because everybody recommends it. Blah, blah, blah. You know, oh, yes. you know how moody teenagers are. <laughs> Never conform was my motto, actually. Like, I didn't watch Star Wars until yeah. a year ago with Julia. Yeah. I only watched Stranger Things this year. I'm far behind in a lot of aspects, but I am very passionate about the certain niches that I have way too much knowledge about for any sane human. <laughs> so I think we have a good balance. I think yes. Julia has a lot of the really good classic knowledge, actually. Julia's boyfriend is a very, I feel like, has watched made you watch so many, like, 
<laughs> bizarre things. So you have a you have a good like yeah, you have literally. a good sci-fi um arts like artsy kind of knowledge I would say. Yeah. Well, I think between the two of you I'm really getting into everything that I that I possibly can. So yeah, I think Leanne has a lot of knowledge on those. She has a lot of she has a lot of knowledge on certain films which I love to hear about. And I, you know, it's about time that I finally watch them so that it all starts making yes. sense to me. Yes. <laughs> so. And this podcast is a while yes. in the making. You know, we've recorded our first episode maybe three times, but um, yeah, this is with throughout the past couple of years, and it's finally coming to fruition. And I'm really excited for this season that we have coming me up. Too. We're gonna be releasing biweekly um, for about eight episodes, and then we'll come back for another season. It's gonna be a really great mixture of movies, maybe books, music videos. So come along and yes. let's get started with Castle in the Sky. So, Castle in the Sky, it's the first official film created by Studio... Oh, hold on. Is it Ghibli or Ghibli? It's Ghibli. I googled this recently okay. myself. <laughs> I feel like I've been, I've been going back and forth for so long. I personally, in my head, I say Studio Ghibli, but it is in fact Ghibli. I, yeah, I think yeah. I've been saying Ghibli as well. But anyways, first official film created by Studio Ghibli. The iconic Japanese animation studio behind My Neighbor Totoro and Spirited Away. Totoro, I think, I would consider to be their most iconic creature. It's in the logo of the studio. And if you're not familiar, there are these, like, fuzzy, gray and white sort of animal spirits. Um, and they come in all sizes. There's, like, a giant Totoro. There's, like, a tiny little one. And there's also, I would say the other really famous one is No Face from Spirited Away. Um, I've seen a lot of Halloween costumes done of it. Oh, I was gonna say, have you seen that uh, photo of the the girl who went to her preschool or her kindergarten or whatever as no face? Yes, Everyone else is like I did a princess see that. or like a pirate. I did and see she's that. Like so deadpan, no face. Um, so I watched Spirited Away for the first time last year, and that's when I saw No Face. Like I actually got familiar right, with yeah. the character and. It was so different from what was I, I was know. expecting, <laughs> me too, you know? Me too. <laughs> it creeped me out. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but yeah, he's this like black shrouded character with like a white mask and he doesn't yeah, speak. He, he just kinda grunts, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's like <laughs> He has no voice until he becomes like the monster later on when he starts sounding like a creepy. Oh yeah, yeah. He like guy, yeah. The frog guy. Oh my god. Yes. Okay. <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves. But there are some really, really great characters. It's kind of a mix of like humans and animal spirits. And I would say that they all take place in the same world. Would you say that? Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of consistency across those films, which is makes it really visually appealing as well as like you just want to keep watching them because you're like, oh yeah, it's a familiar feeling. Yeah, and you know what? It kind of reminds me of, like, Avatar The Last Airbender as well. Yeah. Have you watched it? Absolutely. This one yes, I you have. have. There you go. There you go. I was actually a little late to the game with that one. I started watching it um, when I started dating my partner, Liv, a few years ago. They also have, like, that spirit realm, and it's, you know, animated, and it's kind of like these animal creature thingies, and and they're not, like, it's not, you know, that Christianity, spiritual like creature it's like the they kind of have an attitude and yeah. there's you know kind of anti-human a little bit too yeah, right yeah. so it's really funny i love it yeah 
<laughs> so that's kind of the background into Studio Ghibli. Ghibli. The reason that we chose Castle in the Sky is because it's sort of the first official film created by the studio. They had been working together for a while before, though. It's actually, apparently, according to, the I guess, the Studio Ghibli community, Castle in the Sky is considered to be the second film created by them because right. the founding members created Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind together prior to the formation. So yeah. that's a little fun fact. Hmm. So the studio in general, as we were saying, is sort of known for its dreamy illustrations and fantastic creatures. You know, they have that iconic uh, combination of the painted landscapes combined with the sort of traditional animation, just drawn animation. Um, and yeah, like I said, you know, it's the same throughout all of the films. And so it just makes them all sort of part of that one world and all part of one. It's I, It's not a series, but to me, it's like, you know, like you get some of that even with like A24 or some studios, you just know like when it's their movies. And so, I mean, Studio Ghibli, especially even like visually in so many ways, you just know when it's a Ghibli movie. Definitely. And of course, all the little characters that you love. I love them all. Oh my gosh, yes. I'm like, so Liv has so many of the little creatures around our apartment and they're just such a little <laughs> surprise and they're so cute. And yes. before I was never into buying all those, you know, little like plastic creatures and stuff, but now I'm like, I can't get enough. Yeah, yeah. And there's like yeah. that store, Sarah and Tom. Do you know that one? I don't. I feel like you've definitely been there. It's on Bloor. Okay. It's on it's on Bloor okay, and they maybe. have like all the little characters, but I'm telling you, I'm not paying thirty bucks for like a two inch Totoro. No. Yeah. And this studio is actually so popular that there's a theme park in Aichi, Japan. Yes. It's not like Disney World, like there's not like a ton of rides and chaos and noise. Um, but it's more about sort of the nature and the world building that Studio Ghibli has curated over the past 40 or so years. Yeah, I've been watching videos online and it looks amazing. It's like you're walking through the set yes. of the movies. I want to go to there. I know. Yes, me too. Oh my gosh. I know you've mentioned before that you're interested in going because the, the the park only opened in 2022 actually. And I think mm. they're still opening more parts of the park, you know, as as they go on it's kind of interesting they repurposed the expo that they held there you know however many i think it was 2005 i don't know but mm -hmm. um i really love that they repurposed like the garden space for that and yeah, yeah. and it's like they literally just walk through like this person's house like this it's as if somebody just went out for coffee and like they still have the dinner on the table it looks really right. nice and i i think that's a really cool concept um instead yes. of just you know the whole disney world like okay i'm going on stand in line for like two hours to go around and then you're done <laughs> yeah exactly and it's like this doesn't really have to do with like disney like it's like okay i'm going yeah. on like a pirate ship ride but it doesn't really have specifically to do with like pirates of the caribbean yeah. you know just slap like a name on it so it sounds like yeah one of the films exactly but exactly yeah. yeah not the same sort of immersive you know kind of experience it's fun if you're like yeah i want to go on like a roller coaster that's not too crazy <laughs> i think japan is just doing theme parks right honestly because they also have that super mario world that's open yes oh, that looks a little I bit more disney but it looks like a lot of fun yeah japan's on the bucket list for sure have you watched a lot of studio ghibli films before what's your experience with them yeah so i have seen a few um 
the first one I watched was actually Spirited Away, which I watched when I was in second grade. Because oh. my, my friend at the time was like, I have this really weird, like, different sort of movie to watch. And I just remember watching it in her basement and being like, what is even going on? Like, what am I watching? It's so unlike any of the other films that I've seen before. And I remember feeling the same way about No Face. Like, uh, he's a little creepy. I don't know about this. Um, But I've watched it uh, I th- probably three or four more times even over the years. And it's, I don't know. I wrote an essay on it in, uh, <laughs> in school for film music. So... But yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I love that film. I keep coming back to it. Um, and I also love Ponyo about the little girl who's also a fish. And I just, I really am just drawn to all the, the characters, even No Face now. I, you know, I sort of love him and I feel bad for him. And like that, like when he goes into that greedy state or whatever. But I mean, I don't know, just all of the films. I mean, anytime I just want a nice chill film. I don't want something where I'm like like no heavy action or crazy CGI or something. Uh, I'll just put on a Studio Ghibli film and I, I could watch them over and over. I really do love them. I think they're so nice. Yeah, they do feel kind of like the like anti-Marvel in a sense. Yeah, you know? true. <laughs> just in the way that like, well, first for us English speakers, I mean, I watch the, with the subtitles and the original sound on. So, you know, you have yeah. to actually like, sit and watch it and read the subtitles versus you know like half listening half watching and Mm -hmm. uh, as someone who likes to do two things at once sometimes it's a bit excruciating but it really immerses you in the world and the film because it's such a such a detailed and beautiful um world building it really deserves that attention I think and um, and especially the beautiful soundtrack as well. Spirit Away was also my first one. I definitely feel like that's a good one to start with. Um, so good. But I would say my favorite one is Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, that Ugh. was a good one too. <laughs> so good. I haven't watched all of them yet, but I'm working my way there. Yeah. But Howl's Moving Castle, wow, that one is just like, I love that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure, you know, as we get into the podcast and we do a bunch of stuff, I would love to circle back and do a few other films because I wouldn't say that Castle in the Sky is their biggest film. Yeah. So I would love to also go back at some point. So y'all let us know if you're interested in seeing or listening to, (laughs) if you're interested in listening to uh, another Studio Ghibli dissection by us. Synopsis. Spoilers ahead. So in Castle in the Sky, there's two main characters. They're named Shita and Pazu. Shita is this 12-year-old girl. I think they're both around 12. Yeah. And she's sort of being pursued by pirates and the army at the same time. And she has this, like, special crystal around her neck. And so she, this is a world with, um, with, like, airships and stuff. So as she falls out of the airship, the crystal actually lets her float and she floats down to the ground and that's where Pazu is working in this like mining town and he finds her. Yeah, they're both orphans and they both have some interesting backstories. Uh, So Pazu's father was an explorer who once saw the legendary Laputa, which is a floating island in the sky created by ancient Laputan people. Um, They basically were more advanced than humans or they are humans. They were just more advanced. They had superior technology um, and they could manipulate these crystals uh, like the stone that 
Cheetah has around her neck while she's falling. And so when she's sort of awake and orients herself, she tells Pazu that she is actually a descendant of the Laputin royal family, and they can use the crystals to guide them to Laputa. There's this big chase scene, you know, as the pirates and the army kind of catch up with them, and they go through the town, and there's like this really epic scene on the train tracks, which I thought was so good. And eventually they're captured by the army and um, Pazu sort of teams up with the pirates to rescue her. And then there's like a race to make it to Laputa on the way, on the journey. They encounter like these robots created by the Laputians, Laputians. (laughs) And there's like hurricanes and, you know, all sorts of shenanigans ensue. When they finally reach Laputa, there's a calm 10 minutes or so where they're just exploring the nature, the beauty um, of this island in the sky, basically. Um, They encounter like these robots. They encounter all sorts of interesting and fun little creatures as well. Um, and basically when they arrive at this island, it's one of the brighter points of the film, you know, with all the gardens and the animals and just greenery and everything in general. They're, they do find that there's only one robot that's left still living and he brings flowers to all the broken down ones that are on the island. Yeah, it was really giving Wally there. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> it was really sad, but like a really sweet moment. Yeah. Um But then it gets interrupted when the army catches up with them and the army sort of led by, well, there's two guys. There's like a general and then there's this like secret agent guy named Muska who reveals himself to be another descendant of the Laputian royal family. So they kind of split into two and he wants to use the powers of Laputia to (laughs) basically take over the world, you know, um, use their superior technology and um, dominate. So in the end, we have finally Pazu and Cheetah facing off against Muska. Uh, and basically, they decide that even though it might hurt them or be the end of them, they're going to use the ancient Lapushan spell of destruction to take down Muska and let their pirate friends escape. Uh, and thankfully, you know, all is well. They're alive. The pirates and them escape. And Laputa, it sort of had this iron shell almost around it originally. And then it just breaks free. It's just a tree with these giant roots and it's just floating away, never to be conquered by humans again. Yay. And that's a very basic summary of the film. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And you'll have to watch the rest to get the true details. But that was my first time watching it. What about you? Yeah. I, this is one I actually haven't seen before. I've passed it many times on uh, Netflix, but yeah, this was my first time actually watching it. What made you pass it up before? Was it, you just didn't hear about it as much as the other ones or? I think so. Like I remember trying to find a film and I'm thinking Studio Ghibli film and you know, Icy Castle in the Sky, which I, I hadn't honestly heard of because I've heard of Howl's Moving Castle. And so that's the one that I'm more familiar with. And I end up watching Princess Mononoke <laughs> because I was like, oh, there's like a wolf and like a princess, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, yeah, I just it just wasn't even on my radar. So I was guess I was going for more of the well-known films. But this is uh, this was a really interesting one. I'm glad yeah. that I could watch I, it. I thought it, honestly, you know, it had a really different tone, I think, than a lot of the other 
Studio Ghibli films. Like, it's in a mining town, so it's really dark. And it's not until you get to, and, you know, maybe that's the point, it's not until you get to the island that everything is green and colorful. Um, at least the ones that I've seen, the Studio Ghibli films that I've seen, they're really colorful and bright and a little bit more playful. And this one, you know, it has its playful moments, but it's kind of a, it's a darker tone. And, and I think you can also tell it's a little bit older than the rest of the films. You know, it's from 1986. I, I kind of loved that though. I loved that it was, it's kind of from that in-between stage of like, because it's illustration, it, it, it flows a little better but you could definitely still see, like, the sort of rudimentary 80s animation or sound or special effects. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was watching this film at the beginning, I was sort of thinking that it did have such a different feeling to some of the other Ghibli films I've watched, even just in the sort of fantastical nature of things. Like, of course, you have her, like, the stone and, like, the the floating and the magic there, but... You know, if I'm thinking of Ponyo, it's like a girl that turns into a fish or, you know, in Princess Mononoke, you have the forest spirit and all of these animals that are speaking and all of these things. And so at first I was like, oh, it's kind of missing that, like, almost that, like, an- like character animal element that the other ones I found, like, at least that I feel they had, even in Spirited Away, you know, right away you're introduced to that um, fantastical other world. And so it was sort of a slow burn to get there in this film because you don't get to that fantastical world until over halfway through the movie. But I thought that was definitely an interesting contrast to the later films that we would see where, you know, right from the beginning, it's like, oh my gosh, we're definitely in a different world. Like we're in a spirit world or doing whatever. So I thought that was interesting too. I thought that was definitely uh, something different, which I didn't mind. It's funny because this one comes before so many other films, but I just saw so many, like, references almost, which, you know, I'm about to basically encapsulate the point of the whole podcast by referencing a bunch of other things. <laughs> but, you know, at the beginning with when she drops from the sky, it reminds me of, have you seen Stardust? Have not. Okay. It's like, I don't even know, early 2000s film where this girl is like a star and she drops from the sky. Yeah. And then you know when she sort of finds out that she's a princess it's kind of giving princess diaries sort of like i'm actually like a secret princess and and the robots totally remind me of iron giant i was thinking that too yeah yeah Yeah. definitely and you know i mean obviously it's working backwards so i could see how this really influenced a lot of you know future filmmakers because i do think that studio ghibli is like really influential to a lot of filmmakers Mm -hmm. that we watched growing up yeah definitely even within, I mean, this, I don't know about this, but Shita made me think of Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service. I don't know if you've totally. seen that one, but I have. Yeah. And yeah. then even at the end, you know, she ends up with short hair and I'm like, she's literally Kiki. And in the light in the cave, her shirt even looks purple. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? I'm getting flash forwards to Kiki's Delivery Service. And they're like the little creatures, like the little fox guys look like Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Like on, right? I okay. know. <laughs> but Pokemon, I don't even know when Pokemon yeah. came out. At the same time? It was like the 80s? I'm I don't not sure. Know. Let me Google yeah. one Pokemon. Pokemon. <laughs> oh, 1996. Okay. Pre-Pokemon. It's pre-Pokemon. So, like, they're little Pokemon creatures. And, I mean, of course, you know, it's Japanese art style, but they really reminded me of the little fox Pokemon that I don't remember what their names were. Me neither. 
So what are some of the characters that kind of stood out to you? I love the little robot guys. I guess they're not little. They're really big defense robots. But yeah, just something so uh, like comforting about them. Even, you know, when you see the first robot and you kind of have a an inkling that he might he might not be out for the count. He might not be dead just yet. He might be coming back. Um, and, you know, Sheeta's sort of afraid of them and he's causing all this destruction, but then he's trying to also protect her. And then when you get to the robot that's living peacefully on Lupita, you know, he's just taking care of these, these birds that are on the ground or he's putting flowers on a grave. And so it's funny to see, uh, it's interesting to see the sort of juxtaposition almost between, you know, he's causing destruction, but it's all to protect, you know, the princess of his, of his island. And then, of course, you see them being so gentle and so careful once they're on the on the island. So I just I don't know. I just love the the idea of that. I think they're so sweet. <laughs> I love them, too. And I feel like that's such a trope now where it's sort of like the kind robot that, like, protects yeah. and stuff. And I don't know, maybe this is one of the earlier mm-hmm. ones that are there. Personally, I really loved I don't remember her name, but she was the head of like the pirates. Um, you know, at first you're like, oh, you know, they want to run away from them, of course, but then when she sort of takes them in and gives them good advice, and then when she's in bed, like, listening to their conversation, it's so sweet. I know. Because normally in those moments, it's kind of at that point in the movie where there's the conflict, and you're expecting them to, like, you know, say something bad about her, and it causes a break there, but they actually say, like, really kind things about her, and Mm -hmm. she's, like, you know, they say, they say she's not as mean as she really puts out, and she's kind of laying in bed there listening to their sweet conversation, and I thought that was such a nice moment, and at the end when they flash all the rings, and they're like, haha, we got all the gold. (laughs) Anyways, I was like, because honestly, that was on my mind. I was like, they're gonna go through all that, and they're not gonna even get any of the treasure. Yeah, I know. I was like, yes, go pirates. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. You, it turns around and suddenly you want them to succeed yeah because they're like the first they're the first villain and then now they're like by the end they're like oh you're they're yeah your friend. you realize the government is the real villain as per no i'm kidding don't put that in <laughs> <laughs> so do you think that castle in the sky is a good place to start for studio ghibli beginners i don't know if it would be the first one that i would recommend not because i didn't like the movie a lot i really did enjoy it um, but I feel like you almost, if you want that, the full Studio Ghibli experience sort of as we know it now, I would start with probably one of the more fantastical movies. Like I know, I think we both started with Spirited Away. I think that one's probably a better landing point just because right away you're introduced to all of the the themes and all of his works and, you know, that fantastical spirit world um, that is throughout all of his films. So I would say definitely one for the list, but I don't know if that would be the first one that I would recommend for people to watch. I completely agree. Um, Sometimes canonically first does not always mean that's where you have to start. And that's kind of the beauty of it being a complete world, but it's not a series, you know, so you can kind of start anywhere and go anywhere and it'll it'll make sense. But yeah, I would I would personally start with like Spirit Away. And I was actually kind of surprised when because when I was, you know, trying to decide which one we should do, that was my first thought. But then I was like, oh, it Spirit Away came out in like 2001. Yeah. There's so much more that came out before it. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. I, you know, took them some time to maybe get to their style or I guess what they're known for today. But this is, I think, really beautiful and it shows like, you know, how talented the studio is. Mm-hmm. Pop quiz, pop quiz, we are gonna test each other and you. So we're playing a little pop quiz today. I'm gonna be asking the question and Julia will be guessing the answer. Okay. So I have two questions today. First one. Laputa is a direct reference from which classic text? A. The Odyssey, B. Gulliver's Travels, or C. Robinson Crusoe. Okay, I want to say Gulliver's Travels. I feel like they mentioned that actually in the film. Could be completely wrong, but I I'm gonna go with B for Gulliver's Travels. Yeah. <laughs> You know, honestly, I, I don't know too much about Gulliver's Travels or honestly any classic novels, but um, mm. I didn't realize that Gulliver's Travels was that old. It's actually from like um, the 1700s, I think. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. It's like, yeah. It's old. It's old. <laughs> okay. Second question. Which place inspired the mining town? A, Wales, B, Alberta, or C, Idaho? Oh my goodness. I don't even know. I am going to take a random stab and say A, Wales. Wow. Oh my goodness. Clap, clap, clap. <laughs> Your guessing's on point today. Apparently, they actually went to Wales and it sort of inspired the whole look of the film. I'd love to go to Wales one day, honestly. Go visit the mining, the mining yeah, town. <laughs> it looks beautiful. so are you categorizing castle in the sky as joining the cult adding it to the list or hiding the fans are after me goodness um i want to say joining the cult of studio ghibli and adding it to my list for this specific film because I love Studio Ghibli and I could honestly watch any of their movies and enjoy them. Um, this one, I really like this film. I don't know if it's my favorite out of the ones I've seen. Um, but it's still a really good movie. So I would say, yeah, called the Studio Ghibli. But for this movie, adding it to the list. I would completely agree and say I'm joining the Studio Ghibli cult. I think I need to go back and do like, I still have a few I need to watch and... Uh, you know kind of rewatch and I'm still not really there in terms of lore but I I like this one a lot and um you know maybe getting me back into that sort of calm calm movie and you know I love that it's for children but it doesn't mean that you have to be it's a kid to enjoy for it for children yeah, so, yeah yeah exactly it makes me want to go to Sarah and Tom and buy a bunch of shit that I don't need yeah so yep <laughs> There we go. And that's it from us. You can connect with us on Letterboxd at Uncultured20s. That's 20s to see all the films we cover. Um, or our Spotify to see our playlists, Uncultured20s. T-W-E-N-T-I-E-S for that one. We're also on Instagram at Uncultured20s. T-W-E-N-T-I-S. And we take a lot of input on there. We'll do some polls, things like that. So if you feel like there's something really iconic that we need to cover, that's definitely where you should go. And we will listen to us know yes Uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts so that you're notified whenever a new episode drops and we're on all the major platforms
We're on Culture 20s, and we'll see you on the airwaves. Woo!